On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We covered Google's new not-so-seasonal seasonality adjustment feature. We talked about Yelp's increasingly personalized search results. Jess dropped some boy band knowledge all over Hope. And while Greg sabotaged our chances at the Dodge Chrysler sponsorship, he may have gotten us an in with ramen. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing Clock here on August 30th, 2019. Remember, you can catch your famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's article. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Jess, before we hop into the news this week, we've mm. got a little bit of housekeeping to clean up on. I love housekeeping. I know. It feels like I'm just tidying everything up. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we spoke, we're in an after show, or maybe at the very end of the show with Hope, and we were debating on whether or not she was Gen Z or a mm. millennial. Yes. I've it's got a, a conclusive topic. answer. You do? Maybe a split decision answer. Mm. Okay. So the birth date, the year, 1996. The whole year? That's Hope's birthday. Yes. Year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not born the entire year. I think it was a little quicker than that. <laughs> but, but Pew Research, Pew Pew, says that the millennials are from 1981 to 1996, putting Hope okay. at the end of the millennial. However, when you Google the Gen Z date, Google pulls in... <gasps> The feature snippet from Casaza, which says, <laughs> oh, oh, see? oh, it's she wants to weigh in on that topic. Right <laughs> the Gen Z is the newest generation and it is between 1995 and 2015. So it puts hope as Gen Z. So it did a little more digging. A uh, good because American is- Marketing Association <laughs> says Gen Z is those born in or after 1996. So now we're going lean in, lean in Gen Z. Bloomberg says, between 1997 and 2012. Which is a small window. Yes. McCrindle Research Centre, Centre <laughs> spelled with an e, <laughs> says Gen Z is between 1995 and 2009. And the Wall Street Journal says Gen Z is people born since 1997. So it's split right down the middle. I don't know if I would call that split. I would call that absolutely everyone has a different answer. <laughs> well, I mean, for 20, <laughs> for, for 1996. It's okay. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people on the side of Gen Z and a lot on the side of millennial. Yeah. So can we just call you the Gen Z millennial? Ooh. No. That would okay. be a cool stage can name. Can we call you dual generation? I don't generation? want to be associated with Gen Z. I don't like Gen Z. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm the, McCrindle, the yeah. McCrindle Research Center <laughs> says that you have to be associated. Everyone seems to have their own opinion, so I think I should have my own. Can we call you dual yeah. generation hope? I, she's definitely on the cusp, which I feel like we all agreed on anyway. But I think okay. there's certain pop culture references, and I think I might even have one later to discuss. But there's like BuzzFeed quizzes dedicated to which one of these are you, and it's yeah. based Ooh. on what you can answer. Okay, so yeah. for now, you're dual generation hope. Definitely. All right. All right. Jess, what do we have in the news this week? All right. I think First we cleared up. that up, right? It's I don't clear. know if we did. <laughs> that wasn't housekeeping. We just made a whole mess of the house. <laughs> First up here in the news, this is from Matt Southern at Search Engine Journal. Google Ads introduces seasonality adjustments for smart bidding. This is cool. I feel like all we've been saying lately is that Google Ads is taking control away from advertisers and pushing everything the way of automation. So I like this because they're putting a little bit of the human element back in with this new feature. A little bit. A little bit of the human element, which we like. So essentially what this is, is if you're using smart bidding already, like Target CPA, for example, on search or display campaigns, you'll now be able to apply what they're calling these seasonality adjustments to help better inform that smart bidding about predicted behavioral changes in your audience. So... It's not necessarily a bid adjustment. They're calling a conversion rate adjustment. So it's a little bit different. And it sounds kind of confusing, but the examples in the article are things like if you're launching a new product or running a sale, where historically you see, you've seen conversion rates go up or down. If you have something similar going on that's coming up, like another product launch or a similar sale, and you think that results are going to spike again, you can let Google know that and apply this, what they're calling a seasonality adjustment. 
And that's great. And so you have some input, right? So mm-hmm. you say that this is our annual Labor Day sale coming up here. Perfect. And I know that the conversion rate, because we drop prices, typically over the past, you know, X number of years we've seen, that conversion rate jumps from 5% to 10%. So you can say this is going to be a 50 or in this case, 100% increase in conversion rate. Yes. And on the flip side, if for some reason at a certain time of year or if you do something uh, with your site and you expect conversion rate to go down, you can also apply a decrease. It's not just an increase, which I think is nice. I don't know why you would want to do that, but just it's in case. Average, our, yeah. our annual for, full price sale where we go absolutely full price on everything. I don't know. It's just, it's nice that they give you that option, but I still, even though like what you're saying, the annual Labor Day sale and things like that, I, I just don't really think that this is aptly named, which you know I love, because it's not necessarily about seasonality. It's about anything. You could run a promotion at any time of year, and if you run the same promotion in July as you do in January, if you're, you know, it's the same sale, but it's a completely different season and the audience behaves the same, that's not seasonality to me. So I'm just all for changing the name on this. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible it, name. It is absolutely not seasonality. It's not. <laughs> you cannot make a worse name than this than no. what we have here. No, you can't. And the other thing, too, is that Google did say, hey, we're already adjusting for seasonality based on trends. So <laughs> this is not seasonality. That's what they're calling it. I want to call it just a behavior adjustment. I feel like that would be nice or, you know, something. Yeah, you know something's coming. Yeah. And this is what you use. Exactly. So it's neat. And the other nice thing about it, I was playing with it a little bit. I didn't actually apply it, but I I just wanted to see how it worked. You can apply it to all your campaigns account wide. You can pick specific ones that you want to apply it to. And again, you can specify dates when this should be applied, only apply it to certain bids. They give you a lot of flexibility with this. And again, you can go up or down. So I like it. I think it's a neat feature. It'll be interesting to see how it works for people, but I love it. Again, not for the name, but for the fact that you don't have to mess with your entire campaign just because there's something special coming up. Just because it's Labor Day, you don't have to hijack your entire campaign. So that is why I like it. Yeah, it's really cool. We just want a different name. But for now, it's called Seasonality Adjustment. So look out for it. I think it's everywhere. I mean, I've seen it in all of my accounts already. So get excited. Yelp has just launched something with her name (laughs) apropos for what it does called Yelp Introduces personalized search results. And Jess, Yelp is giving users the option to personalize their search results based on a few things like diet, lifestyle, and accessibility. I like that. You can go into Yelp, input what you want, and then Yelp will customize to you. It will not make it as you will only see these things, but it will take that into account. So if you say, I like Asian food and American food, it's not going to totally never show you Indian food. Gotcha. It just uses those as guidelines. Basically. So it's not a filter. Correct. It's more of a suggestion. Exactly. And so then it goes off of the reviews, the photos, the questions that were answered by you and other users. There's nothing that a business has to do to have these personalized search results work in favor of them. It's just due to what you input into Yelp. And also Yelp said specifically that rather than serving recommendations solely based on a user's search history, Yelp is starting an open conversation with customers to better understand their preferences and interests in order to customize the app to show them what they want to see more of. A little bit of their shots fired at Google Mm -hmm. in there (laughs) as Google does a lot of the algorithmic recommendations Mm -hmm. off of what they think you want. And so Yelp is trying to have a little power to the people kind of thing here. An open conversation. That's a a nice phrase that they used. I don't know that that's exactly accurate, but I like it. No. It's fuzzy. Did you watch the video? No. Okay. I watched the video, (laughs) the entire video. One of the points they're trying to make was that you can change things at the end. They're showing it in real life. So you can think, oh, if if you all of a sudden have a change of mind. And Jess, this isn't the normal change of mind that they showed. They said... Let me quote. So if you want to start to eat meat again, and they had showed initially <laughs> that they're a vegetarian. And so it goes, so if you want to start to eat meat again, hmm. hops into the app, clicks off vegetarian. You know what they clicked on? Oh, what did they click? Keto. What? So it's like, I'm going to go from grass and foraged foods that I found from the forest 
to give me a hamburger on a bacon bun. These are like complete opposite lifestyle. I mean, I know. I know there's some like if it was a Venn diagram, there'd be a little bit in the middle. But, but I like come it. on. It's just like, yeah. bam, like, like <laughs> we're just switching it all up. We're going 180 here. It's, to be fair, though, that's how you diet. It is how I diet. <laughs> you do 100%. switch from like keto to all beans to. That is actually correct. Yeah. So, so it works for you. My newest diet <laughs> is called <laughs> the quarter diet where I buy ramen noodles for a quarter. <laughs> Fred here, one of our newer employees, hasn't seen the full full array of my diets. No. And so yesterday we were talking, he said, you should be sponsored by them. <laughs> by ramen? <laughs> so much ramen at work. It's true. I've been watching you yeah. eat for years and I've never seen you. I've seen you like ebb and yeah. flow back to different things. I've never seen you go full ramen and that's all you've been eating. Dude, I'm like the person that made that Yelp video. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what I'm going to flip on or off. I just want to let everyone know too that you put uh, pretzel nuggets on your ramen today yes. and they were honey mustard flavor. And bomb hot sauce. Give me a little credit. <laughs> all right. Well, what flavor ramen was it today? I didn't even ask Pork. you. <laughs> Like pork, pork ramen, <laughs> honey mustard pretzel nuggets with a little bit of hot sauce. Yep. Does Yelp have a uh, a checkbox for that? Um, I don't know, but I'll write into that. <laughs> Start <laughs> so an open conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Moving on. Lastly, here in our main news, LinkedIn has introduced a central hub for actionable marketing insights. Sort of. Yeah. I wrote the sort of. That was yeah. <laughs> that was one Matt wrote over at Search Engine Journal. Yeah, I don't want to overdo the aptly named thing here, but it's not really. So it's kind of what it sounds like. The way they present it is that they're breaking out insights into three categories, people, industry, and advertising. And it sounds like a really great resource. And the link is in the show notes if you want to explore. You can dive deeper into how users behave on the platform, theoretically broken out further into different categories based on the insights that mean the most to you. That's how they pitch it. That's how they pitch it. And there's three categories. Yes. And I've got a bone to pick with each of the three categories. Please pick away. Okay. First off, do you know what bone to pick means where it came from? I assume it's like getting all the meat off the bone. Like you're okay. really I've got three digging into this. One, it's from cadavers. When you're doing an autopsy, you have oh. to pick each of the different bones to get to the bottom of it. So that's option A. Okay. B is from a dog. They're eating a dog bone and they're picking the meat off of the bone. Yeah, that's right. Option C, you're playing dominoes and it's your turn to pick. You're picking up the bones is what they were made out of is elephant bones. I still think it's got to be the second just based on how That's it's right. used. I made it okay. <laughs> <laughs> were dominoes ever made out of elephant bones? I don't know. I think it's like ivory or it, something. Like that's custom. pianos, right? Tickling uh, the ivories. Knows? I just tried to, <laughs> try to trick you. Didn't work. I'm on fire today. <laughs> okay. So I've got bones to pick with, with the three. People, Please. industry, and advertising. Yeah. And so... Start with w- people. With people, you can see information, companies followed, people followed, locations, and more. And in the intro to this tool, LinkedIn tells the fact that they have 630 million members mm-hmm. and that 70% of the members are from outside the U.S. I saw that, yeah. So I went through and I'm like, I'm interested to see these people insights from this new tool. Each one of the different industry verticals, the number one location <laughs> is from the, the US. United States. It's like, what's going on? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. I saw that too. I was a little bit confused. <laughs> okay, I'm stealing your thunder here. No, Why no, 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 please. Okay. This is good. So then getting into the industry in, insights, these aren't specific industries that they offer up. They're niche personas from within an industry. Mm-hmm. It's like you see a very specific kind of case study or something to do with sales, but it's not like, oh, here's all the information about sales and here are the groups that people no. are using and here are the different ways to target sales professionals and here are different names. Here's all the job titles under there, things that would be really helpful for advertisers Instead, it's like, oh, here's the power of brand. <laughs> like, it's really weird. It makes no sense. And that was something, again, that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted insights into how to reach different people in different verticals in different ways. But instead, they give you like six buckets. And one of them was SMB Insights for Australia. And then the one next to it was LinkedIn members are more likely to drive an electric vehicle. Great. Like, that's, that's great. It <laughs> doesn't help me at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. And then my bone to pick with the advertising insights. Mm -hmm. There's no advertising insights (laughs) in the entire thing. (laughs) No, there's none. (laughs) There's none. You get in there. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be interesting. These first two failed me. (laughs) No. The biggest failure is the third one, advertising insights. Instead of seeing something like who is 
you know, out there that you can target and all these different methods and being able to filter down and see like a quick tool that you could use. Mm-mm. You get things like, again, again, the power of brand and you get a, examples of how branding is powerful. That's not an advertising insight. Not That's at just all. marketing. Not at all. And then the other thing is it's like a big, uh, the biggest call to action I'd say on the entire portion of the hub is a PDF. <laughs> and the PDF is a PDF about sales and alignment, not about advertising. And no. it sounds like a PDF that like Charlie Sheen co-wrote with Donald Trump. <laughs> it's called The Art of Winning. And it's a PDF about aligning your sales and marketing. And it's like, it's, it's no. like the, the art of the deal mixed with winning or whatever that was. It makes the art sense. of winning. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. I want advertising insights. No, but before you click into this, it literally says, and I quote, maximize the effectiveness of your advertising efforts on LinkedIn. That sounds really helpful. I'm going to click into that. And then I got in there and I saw what you saw. And it was basically just kind of spin on you might not be looking at the right performance indicators if you don't think LinkedIn works for you. No, it was all no very... Insights, so. No, no. But hopefully this is a start and yeah. we will see more information there. So in general, we like more helpful knowledge given to us. Sure. Just wasn't a ton there. No. Yet. 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 Yeah. Hopefully they're going to keep building on this resource. Anyway, play around. You might find something if you're selling electric vehicles or you're really interested in the small to medium business folks in Australia, there might be something in there for you. Yep. Check it out. If you just want to learn the art of winning, (laughs) we got (laughs) an alignment PDF for you. (laughs) Beautiful. And now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a saucy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. In this week's take, I saw from Robert Brady at Robert underscore Brady on Twitter, but it came from the sales lion. It's a good handle. I know. It's like <laughs> roar. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Marcus Sheridan, and it's the handle at the sales lion on Twitter. And this was at an event, the Utah DMC event, formerly SLC, SL, SEM, um, but is now Utah DMC. Okay. There's a big event. A lot it was of up letters. on stage. Yeah. I saw this quote and I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I thought we weren't allowed to give our opinions. Greg oh, sorry, likes this Sorry, one. this is just no, no opinions given on this okay. quote. You Scratch decide that. for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get your ideas approved? Call it a sales initiative. Want to get them tabled? Call them marketing. I love it too. It's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty good. Amazing. It's really good. That's good marketing. That's good it's language. It's really good marketing. Yeah, that's And it's beautiful. just one of those things that puts you in place. You know, if you're saying we've got these different sales initiatives out there, we're trying to drive that. It really helps yeah. to put it in the, in, the, in the perspective of, again, especially on B2B stuff or mm-hmm. if you've got specific inquiry-based clients, if we're looking to, to, to bolster sales or hear some different things, it's a good way to put it into perspective. To, we, we had a, a piece maybe three weeks ago, we'll put it in the show notes, about writing content. Yeah. By the fact that you relate to people and then make them feel that kind of weak spot. And if you're saying, hey, the sales initiative, if we don't want to go with the sales initiative, it's a little bit different than being like, hey, here's your marketing. Exactly. No, and it's not spin. It's perspective, to Correct. use your word. To the right people. Yeah, and this isn't, absolutely. I mean, every marketer knows how important marketing is, but other people are just thick-skulled sometimes. Absolutely. Well, that's why this guy's handle isn't the marketing lion, right? He's not the marketing sheep. No. <laughs> He's the sales lion. He's the lion. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not the sales, the sales sheep. He's the sales lion. All right. So thank you, Marcus. I have something funny. Can I just tangent for a second? Absolutely. So I was That's watching. What the whole show's for. <laughs> no one's going to think this is funny now that I built it up. I was watching one of those YouTube videos yesterday wait, with. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> one of those YouTube videos? You know those <laughs> videos. No, the, the, the YouTube. You sound like my grandmother. Do I? Well, what generation is she? Is she a millennial? <laughs> we should look into the years. I don't think she's Gen Z. That's, what I, that's it for sure. So it was a YouTube video with a bunch of bloopers from like old game shows. And it was a family feud. And they were like, name something made of wool. And the guy buzzed in and he said, sheep. That's <laughs> a good I answer. That was good really answer. funny. They're not made of wool. They make wool. No, but that, was, that is it a great was, game. It was family pretty, yeah. Feud. We need that for the office. Here. Oh, family feud. It's fun. We need to play family feud. In one of our after we shows. Should, absolutely. Right. That's a great idea. Write we'll that, do that down, Hope. next week. We're yeah. going to have a family feud, feud family off feud. here. Shooting the heck. I love it. If you don't know what we're referencing, after our show, we have an after show called Shooting the Heck. Yeah, stay tuned. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. 
At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic or non-paid. So here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, the writing has been on the wall for this for a while, but Facebook is making changes to housing, employment, and credit ads. Surprise, surprise. Since earlier this year, Facebook has been limiting the targeting options that you can use for, again, housing, employment, and credit advertising. I feel like we've talked about this a bunch, but now there's officially a process in place if you're attempting to set any of these ads up. You now have to select what they're calling special ads category. So when you check this special ad category checkbox in Ads Manager, it will submit your ads to what they're calling an automated review process with human support. Great. <laughs> yeah, before it can run. So as of right now, it's just for advertisers or advertisers in the U.S. or advertisers that are targeting audiences in the U.S. So again, to go back to that automated review process with human support, I thought it was, I don't want to say cute. Cute's like a condescending word, but they said in their announcement, Facebook said, and I quote, mistakes will happen, but we continue to improve the more ads we review. <laughs> so I don't, they're making this change. It's been coming. Now you got to check a little box and hopefully things are going to get better, basically is what they're saying. I don't know if it inspires much confidence, but it's certainly covering their butts, which is good because who doesn't like to cover their butts? You know who else can cover their butts? Babies. I don't like diapers. <laughs> Was that a question? They don't like their butts covered. <laughs> no, they don't like diapers. They like just rolling around. Oh, well, then this next article is not for babies. Okay, good. <laughs> I had a nice segue there, but I liked it better the way that you did it. Okay. So we should you, I thought you were it. asking me a question. I kind of, it was rhetorical, but that's okay. No, that's okay. Well, don't ask them, though. You're I'll right. Answer them. And I'll go with this. And speaking of covering butts, isn't it always nice to double check your ads before going live? That's a question. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know who doesn't like doing that? <laughs> the bad babies? marketers. Oh, <laughs> So more from Facebook, they've launched a new tool for mobile app advertisers that lets them test out their playable ads before launching. As Amy Gasenhaus reported this week, the tool checks to see if playable ad files meet Facebook specifications and if the call to action is implemented correctly. So pretty cool. You can check that before you go live. Make sure that your ad is actually working as intended. Hey, you know, it's not nice. Question. Yes, I do know it's not nice. Spitballs. <laughs> Spitballs are super rude. Yeah. And Google is throwing spitballs at local businesses. Wow. Yeah. That worked. So Ben Fisher, or at the social dude on Twitter, posted a screenshot of a Toyota dealership ad being served up in the local listing for a Dodge dealer. Thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> social bro. Yeah. No, social dude. I know. Dude bro. Oh, dude bro. We love dude bros, especially when they post screenshots on Twitter that are helpful to us. So this search that generated this was specifically for said Dodge dealer. So it was a branded search for a Dodge dealership. And Google decided that it would not only show an ad for a Toyota dealership, but it would do it within that so that local listing. <laughs> Can I have a hot take here? <laughs> yes. Maybe Google was just trying to help people out and convince <sighs> them away from buying a Dodge. <laughs> just trying to help some people out. Like, hey, better bang for your buck from Toyota. I mean, this, okay, so the roles are reversed here because did I have wait, a problem wait, with this. Did we just lose the Dodge sponsorship? Yeah, <laughs> we totally had one. Jeep is on their way out to Chrysler. I think it was a Jeep Chrysler Dodge dealer, these people. <laughs> well, we only have the endorsement for the Chrysler LeBaron. <laughs> that ad's coming people up still next. drive those? Those Everybody aren't made does. anymore. Everyone. <laughs> you know who drives Chrysler LeBarons? Bad marketers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes a Chrysler sponsorship next. <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't even know. The thing is, so, you, I mean, I know you're joking, but do you really think that this is helpful? Because no, I think Google terrible. thinks this is helpful. This is awful. Okay, I, it's good. It's got to be a mistake. This, I, I looked at it. It has to be a mistake. You think it has to be a mistake, but what if, I mean, depending on what this Toyota dealership was bidding on, it's possible. Like, maybe they are trying to sway people towards Toyotas. I don't know. I just, I am team paid. I always am. But I do not like the placement of this. I don't feel like it's useful to human beings that are using Google. I just don't. I don't like it at all. So. No, I mean, it gets into the point where we're seeing more and more of this with this proliferation of paid organic basically mm -hmm. and it's this pay-to-play listings where you see things like this google screen that we talked about yep and you can go do a search for 
Certified Financial Planner, which is a CFP. It's a designation. It's something you have to earn. There's a strict process for that. If you search in Houston or if you search in San Diego for a Certified Financial Planner, you will be given a list of questionable options, some CFPs and some not, but mm -hmm. it is paid listings. I cannot imagine that local will be completely paid for things like the specific brand name for somebody. That, that, that is really poor user experience. It is. When you are searching, in this case again, it's for a California-specific dealership. And underneath clicking onto the website for that is an ad for a completely different dealership. That has to be an error. Yeah, it's a different dealership and it's a different car brand, so it's not even like... Maybe I, I don't know. I just the interesting thing to me, and Barry Schwartz reported on this, he brought to light something that at Fran Castro KW pointed out on Twitter was that there was a survey a while ago on Google My Business where you there were toying with the option basically asked if you would be interested in paying for quote removing competitors' ads from your listings. So some people think that Google is doing this on purpose. It, not a mistake. And that's sketchy. And I like I said, I am team paid, but I do not like this. That's sketchy. I know that Google has taken out the do no evil into their, their <laughs> brand motto, and that was a few years back. But doing this and, and getting in somebody's listing when they think they're going to a local listing is evil, and I can't imagine that that's going to stay. Yeah. So I can't I imagine not. that's the case. So let's, let's hope for that. Um, I think that we're not going to see a lot more of this. Yeah, I really hope not because it really isn't helpful to users. So moving on, Twitter is testing a new carousel format for images and apparently not just in paid campaigns, but also in organic posts. Oh, who's Justin paid? Just, <laughs> he's a new Instagram influencer. Ooh, he makes well, millions. He's yeah. a lifestyler. <laughs> a lifestyler. <laughs> so there's not a lot of information yet around this test other than that it's been spotted in the wild again in an ad and what looks like an organic post. But social media today did reach out to Twitter about it and they gave a very generic comment as most people do when they're testing things. They said we're constantly experimenting with new creative capabilities to deliver the best experience to people on Twitter while hey, delivering value for our marketers. You've got a career in PR. <laughs> you said that really well. You think so? I think so. I read it. It was an exact quote. I mean, okay. I didn't write that myself, but thank you. It sounded very professional. Thank you. I rehearsed it before the show. <laughs> anyway, something to keep an eye out. If there's more information, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But especially if it's going into ads, that's fine by me. Anything they can do to improve the ad experience Also, fun. click through the show notes. The, uh, the example they had was H&M. Yeah. It was really nice. It was nice. It looked great. It yeah. made Twitter look much better. Yeah. Sorry, it just did. You it could see the card coming there. It, it was a very, very nice look. So hopefully yeah. we see more of that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. Lots more. Our next story here wins the headline of the week award just because I really like this. This is from Adweek and it reads, TikTok has a new way to monetize its rabid teenage fans, <laughs> which just reminded me of like an NSYNC concert or something. Do you hope do you know what NSYNC is? Yes, I know what NSYNC is. So she might be a millennial after all. Oh. I do. I know all of the pop culture references. All of the pop culture references. <laughs> all of them. What about, uh, oh, shoot, uh, O-Town. What? Exactly. Oh. You know O-Town? Yeah, they were the made-for-TV boy band with the guy from with the spiky hair that looked like uh, Guy Fieri. Oh, that was nicely pronounced. <laughs> Guy Fieri. <laughs> right? The O-Town is the band. Yeah. It was made for TV. And I don't even think they ever... They might have had one hit. I think I had their album. Really? Yeah. I picture you more of a, as a white town person. What's white town? There's that weird <gasps> sound. Wait, yeah. I know what you're talking about. We're going we'll to have to find it. We'll put notes. that in the show we'll notes, too. we to Spotify too. in the show notes. Yeah, because I can't think of the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so TikTok, rabid teenage fans. Anyway, they are rolling out their own version of what we'll call an audience network, similar to what Facebook has. So it's for advertisers right now just in China and Japan. So again, for those that aren't familiar with the audience network, it's essentially additional ad inventory outside of TikTok. So other apps and sites where your ads can serve from the TikTok platform. There's no word at this time whether or not it's coming to the U.S., but if it goes well in Asia, I'm sure we'll see it here soon because why not have more ad inventory for people if it works, right? Why not? Why not? Also, speaking of rabid, yeah. do you know how many people in the world have ever survived getting rabies as humans. It's got to be a low number. I'm going to go in the whole world, in the history of mankind, history of on record. knowledge. 1,000. One. 
What? One person. Survived One, getting, is this untreated? I, it, I don't know if it's treated or untreated, but I believe it was a teenage girl that is the only survivor of rabies. We need to harvest her blood. She's probably like a superhuman. I know this because a bat <laughs> flew into my room <laughs> 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 and my wife made me get a rabies shot. <laughs> But I was really pumped about maybe being number, number two. two. And I was like, you know how awesome that would be if you take that number and you double it and you're like, look, there's been two people that survived rabies, me and this woman over in Denver or something can, like that. I can see the headlines now. Rabies survival rate doubles yeah. in 2019. Anyway. Long story short, I got the shot. And Lots you didn't, of shots, too. And you didn't get rabies at all. Did you even have rabies? This was preventative, no, obviously. Preventative. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you glad you got the shot. Bats are scary. They get everywhere. They, like, I've had five or six in my house growing up. Like, that's a thing. Bats? Bats come they, at they you. They are a thing. They get- facts. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag facts. <laughs> Hashtag facts. Bats are a thing. All right. Greg, I have a question for you. Hit me. And it's not bat related. Is there anything better than a story ad? Yes. <laughs> Any other type of ad. <laughs> so you wouldn't say two story ads in a row? No. I mean, can, can I divulge a little secret just to you? Yeah. <laughs> just to me and everyone listening. I do listening. watch some stories. Only from like some people I see making things. Where do you and watch these stories though? On Instagram. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't I look at them anywhere else. I'm not really into the LinkedIn college collegiate <laughs> Instagram story, Instagram story, the whatever, the LinkedIn story network. I do watch some Instagram stories. That's I do only too. for people like making things. Yeah. Cool things. I know how to make things. Yeah. I like. And then they only share that in stories, which is odd. Yeah. Cause then it goes away unless they save it in their highlights. Anyway. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, your story time will be interrupted possibly by not one, but two ads in a row. Now that is Great. something. Yeah. Instagram's testing that. I haven't seen it anywhere. I watch stories too. Again, pretty much exclusively on Instagram. I don't think I've ever watched them anywhere else. So again, I know I'm supposed to be team paid, but I, things are just rubbing me the wrong way this week. I don't think I'd like it if I, if it works fine, they're testing it. It's just a test. But if I, if it doesn't work and I'm advertiser number two, somebody's already checked out from the first ad. I don't know that I want to pay for the second ad. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Magic eight ball probably says outlook grim. I think, I think they're going to can it if I had to I don't think predict. this is grim. You don't think it's grim? Does it say grim? Grim. Outlook grim. I don't think no? that's real. Thing. What does it say? Outlook not good? I don't know. We'll have to look at Or does it that. say outlook good? <laughs> Am I just on the flip side? I don't grim, know. Grim seems weird. I don't feel like that's like kind of You don't think dark. it says grim? I know. It's a good it's word. It's like a little dark arts in the eight ball there. That's all right. Maybe my eight ball is different than everyone else's. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> so something the magic eight ball can't predict no matter what it says is elections and in preparation for 2020 facebook is making some changes to their ad policies in order to strengthen the authorization process for u.s advertisers and a whole bunch of other gobbledygook if you are in the political space there are some new requirements for you heading into 2020 so just make sure that you check out the full announcement because there are actually some new requirements Good. again to get more your ads up so more yeah. requirements for anything political i'm all about that. yeah political Good. and social issues like they've got a lot going on it's a good yeah i mean i mean i think it was i want to know who's paying for what yeah i want to see the list (laughs) conspiracy (laughs) o'clock here all right what else do you have fair enough all right this is the last thing finally here in paid news some words that i never thought i would say in the same sentence vaccine and pinterest oh conspiracy o'clock still going what do we have here jess So The Guardian reported this week that Pinterest's new vaccine search will offer something rare on social media. Facts. And that's the actual title. I didn't make that up. I like that. So I did not know this, but last year, Pinterest basically, for lack of a better word, broke their own search function for some health-related queries. People were searching for like cancer cures and vaccine-related things, and they literally would show no results and just give you a message that said, if you're looking for medical advice, contact your healthcare provider. Thank you. Right? I like that. Thanks. I didn't know that they did that because I wasn't on Pinterest looking for vaccine information, but apparently people are doing that because other than that message that will still show up, I believe, for certain things, there are now about 20, no, 200 vaccine-related search terms that will actually serve up results, but they will only be from major public health organizations and they will not include ads. So I'm not sure why this is in the paid section, probably because we can't you use can't it. can't advertise. Yeah, you can't advertise. So I just schlepped it off to you. That's fine. I covered it. It's good. But now it's your turn anyway. So non-paid. All right. 
First up in non-paid is an article from Google called The Mobile Challenge and How to Measure It. In case you didn't know, there's desktop and mobile, and there are different conversion rates on each. No way. It's true, Jess. <laughs> it's true. I don't know what you've been doing out there. But Google, for the first time, and Roger Monty over at Search Engine Journal called this out, Google has addressed the relative mobile conversion rate. Or, for us to understand more easily, the REL, lowercase m, capital case C, lowercase v, capital case R. The REL mcover. <laughs> I understand it so much better now. <laughs> exactly. And so the, the REL mcover is calculated by dividing the mobile conversion rate with the desktop conversion rate. So if you're trying to see how ads are performing and you might say, oh, this conversion rate is poor. Well, if you use this metric, you can get that in relation to how things are working across the board on mobile and desktop. So it is actually helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just see if something stands out or is underperforming, you know, or overperforming with some, you know, test you're doing or campaign or promotion. I like that. More relevant cover. Yes. So on something easier to say, Facebook is rolling out new business tools for Messenger and killing the Discover tab. And this comes from Sarah Perez over at TechCrunch. And there is a new suite of tools for the 40 million active businesses on Messenger. That's a lot of businesses. Yes. And so what you're going to be able to do is have appointment booking, lead generation, and some other additional benefits. So that Discover tab is being pulled over the next few months or next several months, technically. And the lead generation product will launch as Messenger template within Facebook Ads Manager this week. Oh. Um, and so the template will create automated experiences to help qualify leads in Messenger. And then you can continue the conversations in the app or integrating with the existing CRM tools to track the leads further. One thought I just had. Yeah. Remember when Facebook rebranded Instagram as Instagram from Facebook? Yeah. And WhatsApp from Facebook? Yeah. Is Messenger Messenger from Facebook? Ooh. Also, how come we're the only ones that talk about Instagram from Facebook? Nobody else even picked up on this. Nobody. And I don't even think Instagram has picked up on it yet. No. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to die on this hill <laughs> until they tell me not to. Ride or die. It's like Simon says and, and Zuckerberg said, and mm. I'm going to listen. And I didn't say that in any of my talk about Instagram previously, no, I so I, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Google is testing, highlighting content on site based on the search result clicked. Over from Barry Schwartz on Search Engine Land. Google confirmed it's testing a feature that takes a searcher from the search results page to a third-party site and anchors them to the exact location where the highlighting the content occurred. I like that. So you see something specific that you like in the SERPs. You click. Not only do you load the page, but you load the page, you go down to the specific section, and it's highlighted for you. I like that. I have mixed feelings on this. You do? Why? The example that was shown was from a featured snippet. And in that case, I like it because you are Google. You're pulling this information from a specific source. Mm -hmm. Somebody clicks on that and you pull them right down there to that, that section. That's what, what I, I want. That's why I clicked. Correct. Yeah. What I don't like is if it was just a general result. Again, you know, traditionally one of the 10 blue links, just a, a search result lower down on the page, maybe underneath ads, maybe underneath your navigation, maybe underneath your calls to action, it pulls you right down there. That's where I don't like mm, it. Okay. For the featured snippets, I think it makes a ton of sense. Outside of that, get rid of it. Well, get it I out guess of here. that you just make the argument to have more calls to action throughout your page. Yeah, but then it's just, you're going to see people, <laughs> people are gonna to spam. Google and there's just going to be a call to action yeah, after every sentence. It's going right. to be awful. You're right. Okay, you make a good point. But I like it. Yeah, if I'm searching for an answer and I want it, I'm, if I'm going to get it, that makes me happy. That's what search is for. Something I don't have mixed feelings about is what Twitter is working on. A baking scheduled tweet right into the Twitter web app itself. It's just like Chef Boyer tweet over there. I, know. I was like, <laughs> they're working on something for baking? And no, then, you, then you finished your sentence. Yeah. That's straight from Jane Matcham Wong. We've talked about her before. She tries to break things on social. I love that. She's a, a, oh amazing follow-up, by the way. She just like broke a group the other day because she assigned it as memes. Or maybe that was today. I forget. She's a really good follow. So if you want to follow her, she's Wong M. Jane. 
on Twitter, at Wong M. Jane. But she found that you will be able to send a tweet on a specific date, natively built into the web version of Twitter. Since when? Just give me that. Give me more of that. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's so helpful, you know? So. I'm following her right now. I, I like it. I did. I heard it. And go follow Jane. Do you purple octopus it? Oh, I don't have the purple octopus. I'm the green avocado. You know that. Yeah, but you know what? It's There's no avocado and there's no octopus. It's just purple hearts and green hearts. Uh, oh, I'm well aware. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> so that was disappointing. I'm well aware how dumb our society is, Justin. <laughs> All right. We've got a hashtag joy bomb from Joy Hawkins over on the local search forum. There are new service options in Google My Business Dashboard. And Joy saw in the wild a listing for the category plumber. And in there, you could add some different services. And some of them were pre-filled, and then you could add in a custom service. But there's a lot of different kind of services you could do. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to install a garbage disposal, or I'm going to repair a shower, toilet, things like that. Um, It didn't happen for everything. There are examples of like a music school piano instructor where some of these things didn't pull in. Again, check it out if you are big on local. See if you've got any of those services that you can pull in. That's huge. I can imagine they're going to add more. They're probably just learning from what people type in. Exactly. Some of these. But this is cool. This guy can unclog a drain and repair a toilet. That's nice. I'd like to hire that guy. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Something else that Google is unclogging is the subdomain leasing issue that was addressed earlier, uh, at least within a month time frame. The yeah, days just blend together at this point. recent, yeah. But this comes from Barry Schwartz by way of, this is one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me probably in life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the Lois H. There's a Twitter account called the Lois H. The name on this account is Lois H in a rock hand sign emoji. And it says, you should likely not follow me unless you want to get annoyed about subdomain <laughs> leasing. Views are my own. This account exists just to whine about subdomain leasing. I like that. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like, and- what are we, what world are we living in that Lois H has an anonymous account? I love it. Um, and she's rocking out too with that little symbol there to yeah, make it extra cool. Exactly. I'm into it. And also came by way of Glenn Gabe, of course, G Squared Interactive who had pulled up a bunch of different examples using SEMrush, a.k.a. SEMrush, <laughs> where you could see a lot of these these specific subdomains that were being leased drop eh, for August 21st, 22nd, I guess, really started. So it was backed up. And again, click through the show notes and don't lease subdomains or the lowest H on Twitter <laughs> is going to call you out. But don't follow her or him. No. Don't follow. No. He or she said so. Said not to. Okay, next up is somebody you shouldn't follow either. A Twitter executive that says the edit button isn't anywhere near the top of our priorities. And this comes from TechCrunch and Lucas Matney. Jess? Yeah. You know what I hope is at the top of their priorities? <laughs> their ad platform? Yes. <laughs> Wild guess. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I'm very glad to hear this. I want an ad I want an edit button to be added. Yeah. That'd be but great. I'd rather have ad platform that works. Amen. And next up we have from Ziff Hodak, minor cleaning up in the search console API. If you're using the API, you're going to not be able to use a few different things, mainly the is install, the is app universal, and the is opened parameters. So if you're using those, stop it. (laughs) All right. A few different (laughs) pages that people are using on LinkedIn, Jess have been released. And Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal had the 10 most followed pages in 2019. On LinkedIn? Yes. Okay. We're going to play a game here called Jess Guesses the Top 10 Followed Pages in 2019. This is going to be real hard because I don't think I've logged in. Just think about the mind of a business professional. When, when's the last time you logged into LinkedIn? Like not to run ads just for my own personal use. I, I think probably like three years ago when Cole told me about his interview oh, that was several funny. years before that, and I did, <laughs> didn't respond to his LinkedIn message thanking me. Yeah, Cole took umbrage with the fact that you didn't follow him back. <laughs> Little did Cole know that you have never checked your LinkedIn account. I don't. I really, I just the last don't. time I updated mine was probably five years ago. 
Yeah, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. We should do that it. Show. Yeah, I mean, mine definitely says I work here. I think that's the last time I changed it, but the picture is still like my college headshot, so I don't look like that for anyone that's looking. Okay, so guess the top <laughs> ten pages that people are following. You can are these stop businesses? when you hit one. Yes. Okay, McDonald's. No. Apple. No. Mm, LinkedIn. Yes, number four. Jess, really? you win. Yes. <laughs> what so are the, the top ten yeah. pages. I'm just going to spoil the entire article. Please here. do. You know what? I'll give yeah. you the top five. Number one, you should have harnessed what you see on LinkedIn, or at least what I whine about this on LinkedIn, business memes. That's the number one? No, number one is oh. TED conferences. But that's where I get these memes from. I mean, like, yeah. That's no, you got to okay. your, source your memes from somewhere. We're better than TED conferences. Get mine Two, from Jiffy. Google. Three, Amazon. Four, LinkedIn, as you know. Uh-huh. Five, Microsoft. So, I mean, really, you just have to name companies and you would eventually hit some. Weird one, though. Number eight, Nestle. Nestle? Like, folks, <laughs> folks are just getting hungry out there I on mean, LinkedIn. They must be doing something cool. I bet they have good content. A lot of business memeing out there. You yeah. got to stop and get a crunch bar. That's sweet. I see what you did there. <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> All right. Instagram is developing a separate messaging app called Threads. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Who? Instagram from Facebook is developing a separate messaging app called Threads from Ad Hutchinson, Andrew Hutchinson on social media today. And Instagram from Facebook is looking to build a focus on st- building stronger, more constant connection between smaller and closed groups. That sounds good. I'm going to get into why it's pretty gross, at least to me. Go for it. Opt into automatic sharing, and Threads will regularly update your status, giving your friends a real-time view of information about your location, speed, and more. Speed? You know what? I'm opting <laughs> back in. If I'm just going real quick, I'm like, hey, did you see that 100-meter dash time? Look, what? check my Threads, man. What I was an all-timer. Speed? Speed, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the pool. You get that was a hot lap. Did you catch that? Like, what are we doing? What does this mean? That can't be right. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sign up in threads. I'm going to be a, a, a thread influencer. I'm just going to go skydiving. Something, whatever's the fastest. I'm just going to have all these speed updates. People are just going to follow me. Did you see a speed today? It was flying. It's just going to be zero because I'm just sitting around. This is, okay, whatever. But I don't want it all shared instantly I, for no, me. No, no one needs to know how fast you're going. What are they going to call this? Instagram from Facebook's threads from Instagram? By way of Instagram, I think. Via? Yes. Threads by way of Instagram from Facebook. That's a that's catchy. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one thing to note is that it might not be that creepy. So That's good. Threads will not display real-time location. Thank goodness. Instead, it might say something like, a friend is on the move. <laughs> He's on the move yeah. at 600 miles an hour. Yeah. This is stupid. <laughs> just broke the, the sound barrier. <laughs> I mean, I would want a notification if you did that. I I would like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want, you, I want to know that. Before you, you get it. Before you see it. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for... Working hard or hardly working. We talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise this week. Jess, what's been happening with your accounts lately? This really, it's not, it's not my account's fault. This is Google. Is this human error? (laughs) No. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) No. She just gave a look there. I'm having trouble in general with Google ads this week. I feel like every time I go to load it, it just doesn't load. It says page unresponsive and it wants me to close it. And then I open a new tab and it works. And so that's been really annoying. But on top of that, I've been having trouble with creating experiments in display, which I've never had this issue before It's now no matter, I've tried it with multiple different accounts, multiple campaigns, and multiple different things that I'm trying to experiment with. And it will just say creating for a while. And then I'll come back a few hours later and I have a little notification that says, unable to create your experiment. It doesn't say why. And I have no solution. And there's things I want to be testing. So I don't know if this is happening to anybody else or if anyone has an answer, but it's driving me nuts. And I, there's nothing I could do. You can try, you know, I just try again and it just doesn't work again. And it's display specifically where this is happening. I've never had this happen before. I've always been able to do this. 
something's it's on the fritz as i like to say <laughs> google is on the fritz so that's what's going on is i'm not able to test and i'm very frustrated you okay, and i have not seen that no? issue but if somebody has an issue uh tweet to jess please yeah at jessica l bud on twitter please yes. and it's b-u-d-d-e correct all right i've got something working hard thank goodness account. okay and it has to do with maximized conversion bidding in google and once you're account is not learning any longer it's got the information and just a quick backstory Mm. maximizing conversions is for lead gen or if your conversions are all roughly equal if you're a big e-commerce site and there's a ton of variation between small products and large products you don't want to do this if there's a conversion that is worth less than other conversions you don't want to use this But in this case, we have ticket sales, basically, as a conversion. And Mm -hmm. all the ticket sales are roughly the same, and we've got a pretty good metric for what they're worth, a transaction. So we use Maximize Conversions for many of the campaigns. And when you go to change the budget in Maximize Conversions now, Google Ads, thank you, will show what it will mean to your budget for the week when you change it, and how many more conversions, and what the CPA will change. And I'll take a picture of this. I'll scrub some of the data out of there, and I'll throw it on the blog post over at marketingoclock.com. But the example I've got is the budget is $250. And I went to go change it, and it says, if you go and take your budget to $312, you're going to get 1.4 more conversions a week. The cost to get those conversions will be a $446 Increase in cost overall, overall, yeah, or roughly eighteen oh eight increase in CPA. I'm like, I don't want that. No, for a measly one point four conversions, yeah, but it's good. I love the fact that they're helping you make more educated decisions, and this is what we need the machine learning in is helping us make decisions. So thank you, Google, and again, you should see it as long as those campaigns are past the learning phase. That's good to know. That is really, really helpful. Nice info. Thank you, Google. All right. Sorry that I complained. <laughs> now it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from nymag.com. And the title of the article is 10 Years On. Foursquare is now checking into you. Even the company is still trying to figure out whether that's cool or creepy. And that is the full title of this. Yes. That's quite a title. It's a weird title. <laughs> Hard to read if you're a podcaster <laughs> like us. <laughs> so essentially, Foursquare became a big thing where you check in. I'm sure you were Mayor McCheese of something or other. I was. I had so many mayorships okay. back in the day. I guess, was awesome. Guess who didn't participate in Foursquare? I'm guessing you. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, for a reason, though. Greg Finn, minus 10 years, apparently was smart. <laughs> because what's <laughs> happening today is a little bit creepy. Maybe. So in addition to the active check-ins that we knew about happening with Foursquare, mm-hmm. at some point, Foursquare, according to the article, began passing, began collecting passive data. So a check-in button that you never had to press. It didn't hypothetically track people 24-7, but would allow you to always track your locations. So according to the article, it would register if somebody stops at a red light, or if they're inside the urban outfitters. And it also said they could tell which level of the floor people were on as that's well. That's crazy, too. And they said the difference between the eighth floor and the ninth floor, the I think, was with it. So that's like a difference of one floor. That is pretty accurate. Wait, nine minus eight. One. Yep. Yeah, I, can, I checked the math ahead of time on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so the database now has 105 million places and 14 billion check-ins, and they're selling the data. And Can't blame them. The creepy thing is that... Many people don't know still what they're doing. Do people still have this app, though? I don't Because do I don't. No. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, I've had like three phones since I used... I think I was an Android user back when I had Foursquare, and I'm on a whole new platform these days. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Android, Jess. Oh. I can't even talk to you anymore. Your green bubble, you... <laughs> I am a blue bubble now. <laughs> well, I'm a green bubble. I'm proud of it. Um, all right. So Foursquare began charging developers, um, again, and selling the data to brands, marketers, advertising, and data-hungry investors. That sounds weird. What are they doing it with that like data? like rabid teens from TikTok. 
<laughs> we can advertise to them. <laughs> um, there is no federal law regulating what yeah. Foursquare can and cannot do with this user data. The big thing of why people like Foursquare data is because it's not from the big two, essentially, mm. Facebook or Google. Right. So you can have this kind of third-ish party of Foursquare, get your data there, and be on your way. The creepiest part of the article was the end. Did you read the end? Um, I mean, I did. I'm going to read it for you all. Read it. Okay, yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm not sure what you At mean. South by South last March. Or sorry. South by South West last March. <laughs> forgot, forgot a coordinate. Um, <laughs> one audience member asked uh, Crowley, the uh, CEO of Foursquare, if he considered the possibility that someone might use hypertrending to maximize the body count in a mass shooting. It's a scenario Crowley had certainly thought about before. And his response was, everybody's watched episodes of Black Mirror, which are totally dystopian, Crowley had said earlier in the talk. I'm like, how do we make that thing that's totally creepy and do a cool Foursquare version of it <laughs> that would be interesting and helpful, not evil? What do you what do? You do? Someone's going to come and give flowers to everyone? What are you doing, like a... a a flash mob for hugs. I like, <laughs> I like that. Like, hey, that's a hug mob. Helpful. I don't know. It's, just, it's like, yeah, all this location data is really WTH. Yeah, I definitely didn't think about using it that way. I just was like, yeah, good for them. Like, they got all this data from people and they're selling it. Somebody even gave them a really nice compliment. They said that they were a charming, rickety, vintage 2000 social app that survived the last decade by evolving into a powerhouse enterprise data extraction business. Wow, that's a lot of words. It's a lot of words, but it's like a huge compliment. Yeah. But then you go and say something creepy like that, and I, I guess maybe you don't deserve it. I don't know. And it, yeah, that's that's the WTH right there. It's the end of that. <laughs> and that people are still using Foursquare or Swarm. Do you remember Swarm? Guess who didn't use that either. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you even know what Swarm was. No. She's Gen Z. Gen she Z. Doesn't she doesn't know. She's the mayor of Gen Z territory. They <laughs> are Cypress North, at least. We okay. want you to be... A, I was a little younger than you, so... Yeah. You still are. <laughs> <laughs> still in the same generation. It's not that we don't want you to be a millennial. We like you on our side, but we just... We need that opposing force on this show. We need the Gen Z representation. Oh, I, I think I'm more trendy... Definitely. Times, but <laughs> than us, yes. I think we still grew up... The same-ish? Yeah. It's debatable if you're trendier than I am. Debatable. <laughs> Greg, you're like... I don't even know how to describe you. <laughs> you just describe... have, like, really bad dad jokes. <laughs> but... Is that trendy? I don't know. It's, it's very like trendy. A, it's what Gen Z does these days. Yeah, Dad jokes are... They're not dad jokes anymore. They're everyone's jokes. Dad jokes are funny, so... They are. I guess you are trendy. Yeah. Thank you. AF. Welcome. AF. <laughs> trendy as Finn. Ooh, that's what the, I never knew what the F stood yep. for because my mom doesn't teach me words. And now it's time for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week we have something really useful. It's not necessarily a standalone tool, but it's more of a excellent resource for marketers that use the tool called Excel. You may have heard of it. Excel? <laughs> yeah. Word. You've used, oh, I see what you did there. So Fiona Saum over at Built Visible has released a list of 12 formulas that you can use to manipulate and extract information from the, the list of URLs. wonderful Built Visible. So she's released a list of 12 formulas that you can use to manipulate and extract information from a list of URLs, which kind of sounds less than glamorous. But if you've ever looked at a file of hundreds of URLs and thought to yourself, I wish I could grab everything that follows this parameter, or I wish I could just filter out the pages with a trailing slash or something like that, she's got a solution to your problem. Now you can do both of those things and 10 other things. So if you're not an Excel wizard, but you want to be, just simply add this to your bookmarks. Again, it's a list of 12 formulas that you can use in Excel to manipulate the data to make your life easier. So hit up the show notes for the link or just head over to themarvelousbuiltvisible.com and check it out. All right. And now it's time for this week's must-read marketing article of the week. An article so in-depth, an article so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article is a skyscraper from Brian mm. Dean. Here's what we learned about organic click-through rate. And so Brian teamed up with ClickFlow, a 
and they analyze 5 million Google search results. And they've got a lot of data. I think I scrolled 24 pages or, you know, page down essentially yeah. 24 times to get to the bottom of this. Wow. AKA the Brian Dean skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of great information. There's even a summation if you don't feel like going 24 deep. Like if that. you don't have a Gatorade to just get your <laughs> scrolling finger going, you can just read the top. Um, but there's a great look at what the number one result still means in the SERPs. And just a giveaway here, it has an average click-through rate of 31.7%. That on average, moving up one spot, your search results will increase the click-through rate by about 30.8%. The URLs that have a keyword, 45% higher click-through rate compared to URLs that don't have a keyword. Hmm. And there's much, much more. Brian is a leader in making skyscraper the most detailed and thorough articles ever, and this is a good one. And even if you don't care about click-through rate, who doesn't organic care about data, that? <clears throat> the bad marketers. <laughs> <laughs> um, check it out just to see how to make a blog post. So Fair thank enough. you, Brian. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. This week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. This week, it's time for everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People. Yeah. Where we list something out, and the answer is binary. You're either one kind or the other. <laughs> That's the two. The two. <laughs> and first up, this week, there's two kinds of people. There's people that have to give gift receipts with <laughs> presents and then there's people that don't have to <laughs> two kinds of people that's your lap i am <laughs> what kind are you i'm the i don't even know where i put the gift receipt before i give you the gift person but the people that give you a gift receipt they always also tell you out loud that the gift receipt is oh, in yeah. there that's why i'm laughing <laughs> Sorry if either of you are that person. Yeah, they staple it. Maybe the price is highlighted. Yeah. Hope, do you do that? No. Oh, my gosh. It's so annoying. They staple it to the card, and it's the first, like, you open the card, and you see the gift receipt, and then you see what it is, and then you go to open the gift. I recently had a baby shower, and we asked... What's the occasion? <laughs> having a baby. <laughs> we, we asked people to give us books instead of cards, and someone gave us a book as well as a gift, and they taped the gift receipt to the inside oh of the book. So when goodness. I took it out, it like ruined the book. Why? I don't understand those kinds of people. It made me laugh. It was adorable. Just Memories. keep the gift receipt to yourself, and if they really hate it, give it to them. Yeah. I agree. So I, I'm the same way. I, I saw this deal on, on a, a specific gift, and I bought a dozen of them because I've got two kids. They go to all these parties. Good idea. And I'm like, I'm just going to buy these things. And my wife's like, you don't have the gift receipts. I'm like, look, I'm going all in on this gift. You either like it or you don't. You think I'm an a-hole or I'm not. Like, take the gift and don't. It's not my problem that you want to return this thing. If not, like, it's a gift. This is yeah. my shot. I'm taking a shot. I'm shooting yeah. my shot. You either like it or hate it. Go give it to somebody else then. Regift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can't yes. regift without a gift receipt, though. Agreed. 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 Okay, Jess, what do you have? Um, let's talk about dishwashers for a minute. My I love dishwashers. Favorite subject. There's two kinds of people. <laughs> There's oh oh people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm excited. There are people that pull the rack out all the way and load as far to the back as possible to make it convenient for later. That's me. Right? And that's... Okay. Yeah. yeah. The other guy? People that don't take the racks out at all and throw their things in or take it out a little bit and put it right in front. Two kinds of people. We know which one Greg is. Hope, what are you? Um, pull out the rack. 
Thank because you. Because I don't have a dishwasher now, but when I was at home, in my head, every part of the dishwasher held a specific piece of yes. silverware or a plate <gasps> or a bowl. Each part had their section, and that's where it had to go. So I would pull out the rack all the way and put it in its section. You are a Zen master. This is what I don't understand. People say they like making puzzles and doing all these things, and then they're like the sloppiest people ever. Yeah. That's like, I hate puzzles, but I like organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like efficiency, and I like optimization. Mm-hmm. We're an optimization company. And you wouldn't know it if you looked <laughs> in our dishwasher. You dishwasher? <laughs> Boy. You think we're a kindergarten. <laughs> All right, so the three of us agree, but there are some We're folks in this office that are the other kind of person. We're all agreeing. Yeah. Hopefully they're not listening. All right, I hope we do. Okay, my first one is, I know Jess doesn't have a dog, but just imagine you have a dog. Or maybe you walk your cat. Do you walk your cat? I wish. They won't let me. They hate the outside. Well, just imagine that. You walk <laughs> your cat. So you're walking your dog in the park. Are you the kind of person who stays away from every other dog? You, like, if, if a dog's coming towards you on the path, you step to the side and you let them pass and then you go on your merry way. Or are you the type of person who lets your dog say hello to everybody and just run up to the person or the dog and say hello? All right, Jess, what do you do with your hypothetical pooch? I feel like it depends on the dog. If my dog is friendly, he can say hello. But that other person also better be on the same page as me because if their dog's not friendly and mine says hello. That's the, you know? the other thing is, I, I know there's only two kinds of people, but I guess I'd have to lump myself in the pe- person that doesn't go near the other dog. If you have but, to be one, yes. yes. Yeah. So I don't actively try to initiate dogging. Right? <laughs> I don't try to initiate the dog. <laughs> I don't try that to initiate That sounds so bad. <laughs> but if, if, if somebody else tries to dogging my dog, you know, I'll let it happen. Yeah. Nice. Your dog's friendly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I disagree. What do you do? You disagree? Dog? What do you do? I say so far away. From dogs. Why? I you love dogs. I cannot stand dogs in a park. I can't stand it. I'm very heated about this topic. Yeah. No, I don't hate dogs. I know my dog, right? I know their personality. I know where they've been. I don't trust other people with their dogs. Me, me Because either. other people with their dogs are idiots. They're the dumbest people ever. And they don't train their dogs. <laughs> I'm a dog person, so I can say that. But they don't train their dogs or... One time I was walking in the park, my two medium-sized dogs, by myself, I was walking, and they both decided to go to the bathroom at the same time. So I had to pick it up, and while this was happening, while I'm holding on to two of my dogs and trying to pick up their bathroom, this old lady comes walking over with her dog and is talking to me like, you have the most beautiful dog. Can mine say hello? And I'm like being pulled with dogs in one hand. And I have a handful of poop in the other. And I just want this woman to leave me alone. I can't stand it. I, I'm rewriting this question. There's two kinds of people. There's hope at the dog park and there's everybody else. Stay away from me at the dog park. Don't come near me. I can't. We will see you next week.